Yeah, for sure. A one take Tom. Or is a one take Terry? That's an in joke from Dilworth, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was like, I was like, I've never heard the expression. I'm gonna start start using it. Please start using What's up, world? It's your friendly neighborhood, Timothy Yates here, for another installment of that wonderful speaking of nothing stuff that y'all can't get enough of. Super excited for today's show because I have another guest who would have thunk it. Today's guest is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Isher of Swanky Manor fame. He is coming here. He's going to talk about the recording process. He's going to talk about how he records bands. He's going to talk a little bit about the difference between audio engineering and production. And we're also going to talk a little bit about my band's upcoming album, which Nick did the production work for. And that album is called Better Check the Kids, and it is coming out this Friday. So exciting stuff, all kinds of exciting stuff to talk about. I am going to be doing a new disco segment today, and I've got three tracks that I have to play for you. And you're going to be like, oh, these are great songs. I love all three of these songs. I'm so excited to play them for you. And then I'm going to do a take five list as well. And then I'm going to get right into that interview with Nick. So let's start off with New Disco. Okay, the first thing that I have been listening to ad nauseum for the past week now has been the new album by Jenny Lewis. That album is called On the Line. came out last week. I had planned to talk about that on New Disco last week, but I didn't because, well, I was talking all about Husker Du with my buddy Jake. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to the Husker Do's and Husker Don'ts where me and Jake discuss our trip to St. Paul which was a lot of fun. But anyways, Jenny Lewis has a new album out, and you know we heard a track from it while we were driving around listening to 89.3 The Current up there in St. Paul, which is, side note, my favorite radio station in the country because they play all kinds of cool stuff. And so we, we heard a, a Jenny Lewis track up there, and I got really excited, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys. And then my friends are like, what? And I'm like, this is a Jenny Lewis song. And I really like it, and it's on her new album, and everybody was like, okay, fine, just calm down. So I really like uh, Jenny Lewis's new project because it is very different than her last album. Her last album, Voyager, came out when I was in college, and I really enjoyed the, the that album because it sounded very nostalgic, and it sounded very much like, you know, 70s rock. There's tracks on there that literally make me think of Fleetwood Mac. And this new album, similar, there isn't like a huge drastic genre difference 
between Voyager and On the Line, but there are some things that she does in the production of this album that I like a lot more than Voyager. For example, uh, the end of the track Red Bull in Hennessy, which is, I think, the third track on the album, ends in this very odd fashion. I'm going to play a little bit of Red Bull in Hennessy, and then I'll play the end of that track. Now check out the end of this song. That is literally how the track ends. I didn't touch that or do any kind of edit to it at all. That is the legitimate end of the track. It ends with that kill switch guitar thing. And every time I've listened to the album and I get to that part, I'm like, is something wrong with my with my Spotify? Is some, or... And I love stuff like that because it really forces you to pay attention to the album. It makes the album unforgettable rather than just being another collection of songs it's like oh okay if you listen to it on spotify there's these like tarot cards that come up for each song while you're listening to it and that's kind of that's kind of an interesting gimmick i like that jenny lewis is getting creative in 2019 and appealing to people who listen to you know her music on streaming sites i think that is a a really unique way to approach how music is distributed today in the future so that's jenny lewis on the line check that out now let's move on to my next new disco submission pup has a new album everybody pup has had two near perfect records in the past and today the day i'm recording this which is friday april 5th the day i'm recording this they had just dropped a new record called morbid stuff and i'm gonna spoil this i have not actually listened to morbid stuff yet i'm sure i'll talk a little bit more about it later but i do want to play for you one of the tracks off morbid stuff which is my favorite single that they've released so far this is kids
I am so excited to hear this record that I keep going to the front door to see if the UPS man has dropped it off yet. Because it came out today and I pre-ordered it, so it should be here today. But our mail doesn't usually come till later in the day. So it's this whole thing, and I just want to listen to Morbid Stuff. Drat. Well, I'll listen to it once I get the record in my hands, and then I will let you know next week how great it was, because I'm sure it will be the best Pup album. I'm calling that now. It's certainly the most hyped. I mean, they were on, like, friggin' Late Night with Seth Meyers. But you don't see a punk band on a late night show. That was, unless it's Carson Daly, but that was crazy. That was, it was awesome. I've been watching that video over and over again because I let, I just can't believe that I'm seeing Pup, this band I've seen in the Quad Cities like twice, p playing with, you know, like other bands, uh, once with a bunch of other bands I admired and, and, and once with like my friend's band. So it, it is like crazy to think that Pup is now on this national stage with this third record. And I'm very, very excited for them. And I'm so, so pumped to hear this new album. Pup, morbid stuff. Go check it out. Okay, so my third new disco track today was suggested by Nick, who is going to be on this show just after I play this track. Nick asked if I was familiar with a band called Oakley Dokley, and I said, aren't they the band that dresses like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons? And he said, yeah, have you ever listened to their music? And I said, I think I've seen like their AV Club un like session thing, but I don't think I've ever really sat down and listened to their music. So he goes, okay, pull up YouTube and look up the music video for the song white wine spritzer and i was like okay so i did and this is what i heard Hideyoni Baroni, that band is like a screamo band, but they all dress like Ned Flanders. I, if you haven't heard of Oakley Doakley, you should go look up the music video for White Wine Spritzer because it's like four dudes all dressed as Ned Flanders wearing, you know, the classic pink collared shirt poking out of a green sweater with the mustache and the glasses, you know, your favorite, you know, left-handed churchgoer neighbor next door from the simpsons and all of the songs are actually titled after things that ned says on the show so you know you got like flander doodles you got godspeed little doodle and things like that it, it is just it's just an interesting concept and it's a it's a fun little gimmick it's also kind of have you ever heard of the band max sabbath 
They're a Black Sabbath-esque band that dresses like Ronald McDonald Grimace, the Hamburglar, and one of the other McDonald's mascots. It's it's a gimmick, but you know what? Sometimes it's it's fun. That track kind of kind of rocks, man. It's that's a fun one. Yeah, Oakley Dokley. Go check it out on YouTube. Let's go. Let's get into something else. Okay, because we were talking about The Simpsons, I'm going to do a take five list today of my favorite musician guest stars in The Simpsons. And I'll just, I'm just going to real quick list the episode in the guest star. And yeah, I'm just doing this because I don't know when I would ever get another opportunity to bring this list up again. So for sure, let's get into this. Okay, so number five is A Tale of Two Springfields from season 12, and the guest star on that was The Who. Number four is Brush With Greatness all the way back in season two, and the guest star on that was Ringo Starr. Number three, going back to a much later season, we would be with how I Spent My Strummer Vacation, which is season 14 in like 2002 or something. And there's a ton of guest stars on that episode, but the best one is Tom Petty because he's like playing guitar and he's teaching everybody mindless classic rock. That's that's great. It's a great one. Number two is Homer the Mo. That's season 13. And the guest star on that was R.E.M. And it's great. It is unfortunate, though, because this was after... Bill Barry left the band, so it's it's just Mike Mills, Michael Stipe, and Peter Buck. But it's still cool. It's still cool. And I've got a couple honorable mentions before I do my number one. Honorable mention for Green Day in the Simpsons movie, because when they went down in the barge like the Titanic, that was really funny. And Paul McCartney, because uh, he's in an episode with Linda McCartney, and because Paul and Linda were in a episode... That is how Lisa became a vegetarian, because they said they'd be on the show, but only if Lisa stayed a vegetarian. And I don't remember the name of the episode, so that's why he didn't make my list. But number one is Homer Palooza, of course, because that episode has Sonic Youth and the Smashing Pumpkins in it. And there you go. There's my top five musical guest stars in The Simpsons. Thank you. I call you Roy on the back of the bus like you wanted. My second guest is Nick Isher. Nick is a production guy. He does producing stuff, and he works in radio. Uh, I'm I'm very intimidated to have Nick on the show today because I'm the one recording him for once, and this is such a change for me. So this is Nick. Hi. Hey, Nick. How's it going? It's going great. Cool. Hey, thanks for being uh, my number one fan, by the way. (laughs) Uh, You're the only one who interacts with me on Twitter, so that's cool. Well, not the only one, but maybe in regards to your podcast tweets. Okay. Yeah. Well, sure. 
Okay, so Nick, where can we hear your voice? Uh, you can listen to me on WGIL, Monday through Friday, occasionally on Saturday, and actually occasionally on Sunday now. And then uh, I'm also on uh, WRMJ in Alito on Sunday mornings. And what do you do there? Uh, DJ, a uh, classic country request show. All right. What's your favorite classic country song? Uh, it's uh, Poncho and Lefty by Towns Van Zant. Okay. Is Towns Van Zant like country? Uh, he's folky, but a lot of his songs, you know, top country charts, whether he did it or somebody else did it. Towns Van Zant is from Austin, Texas? Maybe. I think is so. Is that who I'm thinking of? I might I think be thinking so. of someone. Uh, no, it's Towns Van Zant. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, Nick, what's some other stuff that you do? Um, I record, uh, produce. I don't do a lot of, I wouldn't say I do, I wouldn't say I do a lot of producing, but I do a lot of audio engineering for various uh, local bands and like the one you're in. Okay, yeah, for sure. We'll talk about that. What What is the difference between audio engineering and production? Like producing? Yeah. Uh, producing's like almost like a creative aspect. So, for example, if you say your band, Plunkett, was to, oh, we have this song that we're working on, we want to record it, and you were to play it for me. And I was like, hey, I like how this sounds, but I think this would sound good if you do this, or maybe if you change this, this might sound... That's technically what a producer does, mm-hmm. kind of helps shape the song yeah and some stuff i kind of assisted with that maybe on the recording aspect of it like oh maybe if we try doing this with your guitar maybe that'll do it i think you definitely did well on some stuff i do on some stuff i'm just like i just hit the button to record and then and then i ask the art did you play it correctly okay cool next song we've only worked with three producers my band plunkett I guess I should clarify, Nick produced uh, our first album. He produced our our second album, which is coming out at the end of next week. Holy crap. And I guess what what I like liked most about working with you specifically was because you were the first person we worked with after we worked with a dude who just like told us to play part of a song in Pro Tools. Uh-huh. And when when I when we worked with you and I and I like would play the bass line and I I, I like messed it up you would be like okay do the whole song again uh-huh that's what i really enjoyed about working <laughs> with you because with the other dude it was like oh don't worry i'll fix that in post i have uh my mentality and i'll i'll do drop-ins occasionally like okay we'll just drop you in and you can just play the one part you messed up if you the rest of the part was perfect but for the most part i kind of believe in what i call the uh song to tape mentality which is you play it all the way through if you mess up we can drop you in but if it's kind of a thing where you clearly mess up a few times yeah let's just do the whole song over again until you are happy with it because i yeah. feel like if you play through solidly you're more you feel better about it as a whole as opposed to just dropping you in here and there to collect to correct one note or something like that it's a much more hands-on process and i don't mean this in a bad way but you make it feel like it's actually work well good I, yeah <laughs> it feels like work to me sometimes yeah so. no for sure no it, it feels it it's it's better for it to feel like it, I'm actually working uh-huh. than to feel like oh okay so this it makes me feel better about myself as a musician. Well, if it's too easy, then anybody could do it. No, oh, that's I can do it. So <laughs> that's, that's, it feels okay. Well, that's that's something else. That's a whole different thing. What's it like working with a bunch of different musicians? 
Well, uh, luckily, and also a little unfortunately, I haven't worked with a whole lot of different musicians. Just kind of like handfuls. Like I've worked, I think this is our third project we've done together. This, your newest album. Yes. Because you also re- did bass for the Inhumans. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about you that. forgot about that <laughs> right so I've done three albums and you've played bass on three albums oh, yeah. um, Jacobs played drums, drums on. on three yeah. um, and then you know Joe did uh, guitar uh, he did bass for a project that I recorded it was actually the first professional like professional project I did then he did bass for my band because he was in my band yeah then he did guitar for inhumans so really I haven't really branched out much from say like seven people <laughs> okay I'm actually just uh did some recording for a band that's completely brand new like never recorded any of them called bull Colt it, it's a like a a metal band from Gelsberg, okay. Kyle Rowetter. Okay, it's it's uh, it's his band. So that's like the first project I've had with brand new musicians that I've never worked with before. <laughs> so it's uh it's it's kind of interesting. You you kind of learn. I find that you know all the things that like I would like when I was recording your band. If you guys messed up or something like that, it, you guys react differently than how they react. Okay, and it how they reacted was they stopped, they yelled a couple times, and they restarted. And maybe before, if it was like a thing where like I was recording bass, I'd be like, "Hey, the first part was great. Why don't we just drop you into the second part?" Or yeah. I would, or maybe you guys react. It's just it's funny to to, to watch how re- people react differently to to little mess ups. I feel like with our mentality, we're very laid back. And if oh we yeah, screw definitely. Up, it's like, oh shucks. <laughs> I would argue that Jacob definitely, <laughs> Jacob definitely got uh, a little angsty when he would mess up. Okay, yeah. Well, Jacob is Jacob's is very much. A uh, uh, a one take Tom. Uh, he he wants to he wants to do it the best he can in as few takes as possible. Uh-huh. So he's I don't I don't mean that as a bad. And thing. I appreciate yeah. that because he still is aiming for perfection. Okay, so like, what do you expect to get out of a of a of a project that you're doing? Oh, um, I just want it to be something that that the band is happy with. Okay, ultimately, because I mean, I've I've. I've sent stuff to you guys before. I've sent stuff to to Chris Leffler, uh, uh, a friend of ours who we've recorded multiple times, or I've recorded multiple times. You've worked with a couple times. I'll send stuff to him and be like, "Oh man, I really like how this sounds." And then he'll he'll get back to me and be like, "Yeah, I'm not happy with it." And I'm like, "Oh, that's a huge shot to my ego." So like, I always try to aim for making something that sounds better than what you would expect to come out of somebody that recorded a band in their house or in their basement. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to aim for that big studio sound on a budget. Okay, so and you've recorded at your place, Swanky Manor. Uh-huh. And have you recorded everything but our album at Swanky Manor? No. So the the first project I worked on it was a it was a, a guy named Cody Tracy. Yeah. Uh, his project was called Hey Allison. We recorded his parts at his house. And then my band did the backing track, uh, the backing band tracks. So we did that at Joe's ha- old house, his old old house. So it was recorded in two separate locations. Then my second album that I did was my band Stereo Circus. That EP we put out, that was recorded at Joe's house. And then the Inhumans was the first project. So I've actually only done two, one, two full length albums. I don't know, remember if the Inhumans was a full length album or was an EP, but I did basically full album. It was a full album. So I did, I've done two full albums, and I've done um, what I've been recording, and then uh, Chris Leffler's other project, Neutral Drive. Those are those two are still on the in the works, but four albums essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, your guys' most recent album was done at your house. Well, yeah. your practice space. Yes. Well, Plunkett HQ. Plunkett as, HQ, as we like to call it. But 
I think that it was it was definitely different the process between recording the two albums. The one at Swanky Manor mm-hmm. felt different than recording the one at our house because well the material is very different. But oh yeah, the but the first album we recorded it was like okay we're going to Swanky Manor, we're going to the studio. And we got to do this because we have studio time and we don't want to waste Nick's time and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Whereas, not that I wanted to waste your time when we were recording at our house, <laughs> but like it felt like, you know, oh, this is where I sleep and eat and mm-hmm. poop. Like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> in there, that order. there literally is guitar that was recorded in the bathroom. There was. Yeah. Um, there's, there, there's, and I'm sure you've, I hope you're aware, there's a, there's a toilet flush on your album. <laughs> That's a secret. <laughs> if you can find that. Bonus point. I mean, the whole album's kind of a toilet flush anyways. <laughs> no. That's not true at all. Uh, what was your favorite part of working on our album? Uh, on your second album? Yeah. Well, actually, oh. do both albums. Both albums. Oh, man. Well, as far as like the whole putting together music aspect, my favorite part is actually like once you guys are done recording and actually like being able to look at each track and then mix it and then kind of shape it and turn it into something that I think you guys would like or I think would sound really good. That's actually my whole favorite part of the whole process. But as far as your album goes, um, start to, uh, your first album, uh, I would say it was uh, the recording of the the newer songs you guys had. Yeah. Um, Last Train to Flagstaff and Kill Mainham. Those two, I think, when I got to like that point when you guys were recording, especially Kill Mainham, that was just a blast to do because... Uh, I think it was one of those things where Jacob didn't have a drum part, so I just set it up to record on a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just <laughs> like figured out he, what he I think I think they played the song three times or mm-hmm. so, or maybe it was you that was doing the bass part, and you didn't have a bass part, so you were playing along with guitar. That th- happened, yeah, three times. And I was eventually like, when it got to mixing, I had these three guitar tracks, and I'm like, man, these three guitar tracks sound really good, like all together playing throughout the entire song. I think I'm just gonna keep it this way. So that was a cool aspect. Um, as far as the second album goes, I I. I don't know what was my favorite part of it. I think it was just being able to go over there and uh, hang out with you guys the entire time. Because uh, I actually know what I know what my favorite part was. It wasn't even the recording aspect part. It was when I would hijack your guys' <laughs> TV when I would show up and I would play Roland on your TV. That was my favorite part. Yeah, we got Nick rolled every time. Nick, Nick rolled. Would, he'd pull up to the house and we'd be sitting there watching TV on the Chromecast. And then whatever the heck we were watching would suddenly be replaced with the Limp Biscuit video for Roland yep. Air Raid Vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was horrible. It was every it's time, fun. It's know, fun to do. It's uh, Anytime anybody asks me for music recommendations, I drop that music video. No, yeah. No, we, we went to Chicago to see the Pumpkins. And I made the mistake of handing Nick the aux cord because I'm like, oh, Nick's a DJ. And he plays Roland. <laughs> and then immediately after it's done playing, he goes, let's listen to it again. <laughs> and he played the whole song one more time. Well, I don't even know if you caught this, but on the way there, my brother who sitting next to me, we were singing the song <laughs> together. We, we were rapping along with it. You know, was it dope beats? and Man, takes me back to night. Uh, uh, takes me back to 2002. You want to pl- plug anything else that you're doing? Any projects you have coming up? Well, the only two projects I really got coming up right now is I've got uh, uh, Chris Loeffler's project Neutral Drive, which is uh, kind of right now. It's in the in the mix stage. We've been 
we worked on it a lot last year, and then we kind of took a break from it, and now we're kind of going back to it. He's actually meeting me tomorrow you know, uh, to kind of go over some mixed notes. I You showed me a little bit of mm-hmm. the songs on that, and they sound pretty dope yeah they do sound really good and it's it's really like positive punk rock is what i would call it like the songs are feel good songs when you like encouragement songs almost it's like pop punk but not depressing as hell i would yeah that's a good way to good way to put it i would say a little it's a little less poppy a little more punky as i would put it Mm -hmm. and then this other band i just just about finished recording we got vocals to do but they haven't it's not that they haven't written lyrics they haven't figured out how the lyrics fit in the songs yet. They haven't figured out like, the cadence uh-huh, that they're going to yeah. sing it or scream it or whatever. But that band, Bull Colt, mm-hmm. I, I love Bull the name. Colt. That's yeah, good... they they finished up all the all the parts. I think we have to do some bass like corrections, like fix a couple parts. But otherwise, the instrumentation is pretty much done with okay. that. What's the most frustrating thing that's that's ever happened when you're like recording it? Recording an album. <laughs> recording is the my least favorite part because. Whereas with mixing, I only have to rely on myself to be able to do a good job. With recording, I have to rely on the musicians to do a good job. Sometimes they're not rehearsed. Sometimes they don't know the parts. I'm looking at you, but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> you at least figured it out in a couple times. You know, uh, I have had to record parts multiple times. Actually, one of my favorite stories, uh, I'm sure, I, I, th- I know I've told you this, is uh, when Joe, we were recording a guitar solo for the Inhumans, and Joe kept messing up literally on the first note yeah and i i think i, I stopped and recorded stopped and recorded 120 times <laughs> over the course of like three days trying to get it right and he would get sometimes he would get halfway through the part and then he would mess up and when he when he messed up he'd get frustrated and he just stopped yeah and uh on the third day he had uh taken a couple i don't know hard ciders or a couple <laughs> beers and he's like let's do it and one take <laughs> He nailed it, minus one small part that he then, we just dropped him in and he finished it and did it. And I was like, and I remember like shaking my head and being like, I hate this. Yeah. I hate everything about this. 120 takes? 120 some takes, I Do think. Do you remember what song that is? Death Curse. All right. It's That's like good. the hardest guitar solo one he had in yeah, it. Yeah, that one is awesome. You know, there's other little things. I like putting things in songs that I find interesting and hoping that the band finds interesting. So, for example, to uh, explain it in Plunkett terms, uh, E.T.'s Cousin. Oh, yeah. The finale of that song is that you won't sleep at night being yeah. slowed down. That was just, I think that was my idea, or that might that, have been yours. That I think that was kind of both of our ideas. All, and the intro to that with uh, the, uh, uh, the you're not going to win, you're not going to rest. Yeah. I don't remember the full lyrics now. Yeah. Point, but like that kind of weird robotic voice. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about what happened when we went to order the CDs for that? And Mm-mm. we we went to order the CDs for that, and the company called us, and they uh, they said, okay, this this ET's cousin track. So <laughs> there's this weird thing at the end of it. Is that supposed to be there? And we said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was that. Yeah, that was cool. That's <laughs> we're like it works. <laughs> it worked. That's great. Yeah. No. No. My favorite part about recording the second album was. Just like having you on site to do the crazy stuff we did, like this one song we did, uh, Wakita Head On, which we haven't released and nobody's going to hear until the album comes mm-hmm. out, was like this incredibly ambitious thing where we wanted to make it's it's about the movie Twister because our it's fr- loosely about Twister. Okay, it's I would argue that you 
you took the name of the song from Twister and you reference the contents of Twister. <laughs> but there are also parts where like I'm listening to it. Like I, I shared the song with somebody yeah. like, oh, the song's about Twister. And they listen to it. And I'm like, I, like, like what part of Twister? I'm like, <laughs> you're right. They really don't reference Twister at all in the song. All right. You know, <laughs> it's it's a, I. OK, it's about Twister for two reasons. It's because. Jake wanted to call it Wakita Ed on. Sure. And because that day, Chase, uh, the former guitarist of, of Stereo oh, Circus, Circus, he posted on a on Facebook that he hated the movie Twister. And I was like, oh my God, we got to play this song about Twister the next time that Chase is at one of our shows uh-huh. and just be like, hey, we wrote this song about Twister because Chase hates Twister. Like, <laughs> screw him. So, and we did that. We got to do that. We played a show in Galesburg and he was there and we're like, hey, Chase, this song's for you. It's about how good Twister is. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, and any, when we were recording that song, we were recording it and it's like, you know, we wanted storms and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's a weed whacker on it and all kinds of crazy stuff. A and, lot of weird stuff on it. And But when we were recording it, a storm came in I think it was when we were recording guitars that day. Yeah, this was this was my favorite part. Is is the storm came in, and you were like, "Oh crap!" Like get the mics and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I, if I remember correctly, we kind of taken a break, and we were kind of outside with the storms hitting, and then it like occurred to me. I was like, "Wait, why am I missing this opportunity? Why am I not recording this?" Yeah. So we had to find a mic, and first we tried to put it underneath of the like the carport out there. But like the rain was coming in too much, and mm-hmm. then so we opened up the kitchen window and throw the mic up there, and like I think someone like came downstairs and we're like, "Shh." I think it was you. Oh, was it me? I think at one point because I think I have part of the recording. I think you can actually hear you be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it's it'd be like the thunder you hear mm-hmm. on the track and everything. That's like a hundred percent real thunder. We didn't have to just like make thunder or or drop something in like a previous recording it was like an actual storm yeah that happened no and the the first thing i ever put out that ep with hey with cody tracy he has a song on there with rain in the background and he kind of describes like i want it to sound like i'm playing on my porch and it's raining so i went and i found a sound loop of mm-hmm. rain and i put it on there yeah. as opposed to you which is actual natural recording nick my final question to you and i saved this one for the last is what am i doing wrong <laughs> Oh, what with recording? Yes. Oh, you're not doing anything wrong. You got it. It's it's recording, and it's it 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 sounds good from what I can hear it myself. No, you're you're doing fine. All right. Yeah. Like the only thing, like, and I we talked about this before we started. You know, like I was like, are you like playing music from your record player or something like that? Because like I can, it sounds like you might be playing it live, and then I didn't know if you were or not. Okay. Cool. No, you're doing great. All right. Keep it up. Oh, thanks, Nick. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Plunkett's new album, coming out the 12th. Nick Isher, production. Thanks. Thank you. Well, thanks to Nick for coming on the show. That was really enjoyable. Quick update, since I did record that interview with Nick and all that other stuff. Uh, Pup's new album, Morbid Stuff. Yep, uh, that is my favorite Pup album. And secondly, Oakley Dokley was just featured on an actual episode of The Simpsons. This is all stuff I did not know 
when I was actually recording this episode. Then it's the magic of recording an episode over several days. I'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Speaking of Nothing. Until then, please feel free to follow this show, like the page, interact with me on Twitter. I like to be noticed on Twitter. I like to think my tweets are more important than they are. Thanks for listening. And drive home safely. Oh, and don't forget to keep rolling. Get some better rhymes. We got the game set, so don't complain.